Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 9th of December 2010. Now newcomers look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and bookmark the sites listed there. These are the official sites I have. If you find problems downloading, then try these alternate sites and you might find a cleaner download. So many folk go into the com site at once, sometimes it gets kind of sticky on the download so try that. Now, they all carry hundreds of audios of the talks I've given over the years, and they all carry transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given in English for print-up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, and you'll find that you can, you've got a variety to choose from. And that's also listed on the com site. And remember, too, do you bring me to you? Keep me going by buying the books and the discs that I have on my site for sale. That's the only income I have here. I don't bring on guests to sell you items or anything like that. So you can um, buy these books from the U.S. to Canada by using a personal check. You can use an international postal money order from your post office. Some people just send cash. You can also um, use PayPal to order or donate to, to order any of the items I've got listed there on the website. Just uh, send a separate email after the donation, the PayPal donation, uh, with your name, address, and order on it, and I'll get it out to you. And it's the same across the rest of this big wide world here, which is getting awfully small, it seems. And PayPal, of course, is a dominant method. Western Union can be used as well to wire uh, transfer. It's a bit more expensive, of course, than some other ones. I think MoneyGram is cheaper, perhaps. And... You can also get MoneyGram to write a checkup for postage to Canada, which is a lot cheaper still if you can afford to wait seven days until I receive it. Some folk don't have the patience for that anymore either. It's quite amazing. So that's the way to order the various items. Plus, to say PayPal can be used for ordering as well. Just send a donation followed by an email with your name, address, and order, and then I'll get that out to you. On this show, I don't get sidetracked often by what the major mainstream news tries to give you as news. We're living in a big fantasy here where you don't know who the heroes and the zeros really are. And the more you understand history, especially the the 1800s, 1900s, the present time, you'll find there's way more behind the big players that come forth in history to do the big changes, whether it be communism, Nazism, or any other ism. And they're well funded by the same people, it seems, all, over, all, all the time, over and over again. It's astonishing. And, of course, the best way to give someone a cover is to come out as a hero who's been persecuted too. So that I even stay away from the whole idea of WikiLeaks and so on. Some of it just doesn't strike me as right. So I, I don't fall for what I perceive to be a possible a counterintelligence a program on the go, especially when mainstream takes the data and runs with it. Most of it's gossip. Most of it's gossip. 
but the relevant parts are that Iran is bad and so on, and these countries we want to attack are simply bad, which falls right in with the whole agenda that the New American Century published uh, to do with the countries they wanted to take out and the list, in fact, that they wanted to take them out into, which, of course, was to start with Afghanistan, then Iraq, then Iran, then Syria. And I can't see why they change their minds. These guys don't sit for a hundred years to plan part of their future and then backtrack on it because of public opinion. Public opinion really doesn't count for much, to be honest with you, and that's the reality, too, of the history and the times in which we live. Most folk are the way that Albert Pike described them. Not very pleasant, but very, very truthful. If you want to use your own brain, your meat's on the table and beasts of burden by choice and consent back after this. I'm back and we're cutting through The Matrix. And The Matrix movie I often refer to because there's so much in it to do with a reality and then another reality hidden within the movie itself that most folk miss all the time because there's many messages there and uh, there's messages for the, the ones who actually control the world in there as well, of course. They do like to put in their little jokes on the public who always miss it and blow the bubble gum and chew their popcorn and they walk away thinking they've been entertained. But uh, that's how culture creators really work on your mind. They program you for things to come and often get you to even rebel about things which um, you don't even know about, really. Universities are famous for getting rebellion started by indoctrinating the students with a new idea of freedom and uh, bolstering their egos, thinking they're the cutting edge, it's all up to you. And they never know they're being used for another part in the big plan. It doesn't matter if their side wins or loses because the plan depends on having opposing forces. And it's a synthesis that comes out of it that's important, that leads to the new thesis. That's what they call really managing evolution by forcing its hand, speeding it up. And thousands and millions have been murdered and slaughtered and revolutions down through the ages, especially in the Soviet Union. And now and then, just to keep my hand in and my head in to reality, I do watch some of these documentaries, which are pretty horrific. Most folk don't want to see them. When you see bodies getting dug up from mass graves and people trying to identify people that were relatives and so on, most avoid that, like the plague, because we seek pleasure and we avoid pain. That's what they count on at the top. And, but until you understand that if, unless you really look at the horrors of the world, then you're simply biding your time until the next horror occurs and not generally involve you. That's how it's done. But uh, I've talked about the Soviet story. I've also put links up, I think, to the, a story about Bulgaria that was also under the Soviet Dominion and the, the big monsters who ran the same system there. And people don't realize that the Soviet system was run on slavery, really from its beginning to its end, with massive concentration camps. Lenin himself said that, um, and and Trotsky actually uh, embellished on it, and he said that uh, he didn't see why. It used to be thought of, he see, that forced labor would never be very efficient, and he said that he didn't see why it couldn't be made efficient 
and the route to prove by imprisoning millions and millions and millions of people and working them to death, basically, for big, big projects uh, to prove that it could be done by by forcing them to work. And, of course, Nazi Germany, that was also socialist, picked up on that thread. And in the Soviet story, you actually see the, the teams that were sent out by Hitler to meet the Russians who were already expert at the disposal of vast amounts of bodies. Incredibly efficient they were. And um, you must watch these once in a while if you can stomach it to bring you back to a reality because otherwise you're sitting ducks for what's coming down right now. And you've got to tie in your history to it as well. I also watched one, I think it was called In the Shadow of, of Hermes, which touched on the Masonic uh, Pre-Masonic links too And revolutionary Freemasonry uh, But it also had a lot of good footage In it too of the big monsters Who slaughtered And um, some rather awful Pictures of them digging up corpses And so on The same thing that we saw in Argentina And elsewhere with, Under the dictatorships Where uh, the grandmothers protested And eventually they managed to get Some of the relatives dug up In bits and pieces Awful stuff to watch But it's something you, you got to see because if you're unaware of these things and you prefer to hide your head in the, the sand like the ostrich, you're sitting waiting for it happening again. But going back to what I've already learned down through history, is there definitely is an organization that's been here for an awful long time, run by the richest people on the planet, there's no doubt about it, who do still sit, uh, abide it all, and, um, and above it all, and they, they run it all very efficiently by controlling money. They run the money, they run the foundations, and they're going strong today by pushing the envelope to the next step of what they want for a society. And you got to understand, too, that some people, like Gramsci it was, uh, that, that came up for the, with a lot of the communist ideas and plans, he, like Bernays, because it was taught long before Bernays said that you can, if you can't get society to accept what you want them to do, then we have to alter the culture of society. And that's what they did, of course. They do it all the time, in fact. You've gone through the cultural changes. Your parents did too. None of them knew that they were being guided by the big money powers towards a certain ending, a certain goal. And... Few will ever catch on to that in their lifetimes. I used to, I think in 98 I was on the radio and I talked about images you'd have sometimes and dreams and images that would come to you in daydreams when you're concentrating and thinking about something. And I thought of mountains, pyramids in fact, uh, of dead bodies, just pyramids for the generations of dead bodies who lived their lives, slaved uh, for the system, whatever system it was, down through the centuries, uh, had their beliefs uh, of the reality they lived in and fought wars for their masters and died, never ever knowing, never ever knowing there was a much bigger game at hand and, and running it all, never, never knowing a darn thing of true reality, never knowing, never catching on. And I thought, it's bad enough, you know, when you hear of rapings and murders and so on, but when your mind has been stolen, your right to know has been stolen and kept from you, and a, and a fiat put in its place, 
That's the worst rape of all. And that goes for most folk on the world today who are under a scientific socialism, and they don't even know that yet. But Gramsci and others talked about the ways to take down other countries, and they thought about Russia too. Where they could do a fast takedown, mass slaughter, get the slavery system working fast to bring in canals, to bring in roads, and literally go through these people like they were all units of machines, and so many machines per day, like 60,000, could die on this project, 60 or 100,000 on that project, as they ran out of calories and so on and strength. That was quite acceptable, and IG Farben used the same techniques for the German camps in World War II, which were primarily set up and privately owned. Most folk don't realize that by IG Farben, the camps uh, that Germans had, to work the people to death. And they worked out how much time and labor they could get out of each unit or person. Just like a machine, you see. So, living in this world today, it's interesting to see the same names that helped fund, for instance, the communist revolution, like the Rockefellers, and how they even hired the biggest Madison Avenue uh, PR or, or propaganda company, we call it marketing today, in New York to, to write up glowing reports on these these heroes, these champions of the people, like Lenin and Trotsky and all the rest of them, who all, by the way, had private bank accounts with millions of dollars, eventually uh, you know, robbed from Russia and put into Switzerland for, for the folk who thought they were all altruistic people. And these Rockefellers still run things today. They've got there's articles up today about um, them bringing in the new system of communitarianism for America, for the U.S. They're funding it now. They're putting money out there, big money. And they all have their, their NGO front groups to help guide society into the same system that Britain is rapidly going into. It's quite something that's happening. And the public know nothing about it. They, because they can all, all ages, they go along adapting and adapting through things in a semi-conscious state, almost somnambulistic state, really. But the public have no idea what's really going on. Now, there's an article here. It's 10 new cities picked to receive service leadership grants. It says in the second round of awards, Mayor Richard R. Bloomberg, and I think he's an awfully rich character too, according to Wikipedia, and Nashville Mayor Carol Dean's bipartisan coalition of mayors, uh, cities of service, cities of service are calling them, will award grants of up to $200,000 to help to 10 new cities the money paid over two years will enable the cities to hire chief service officers whose job will be to help increase volunteerism and help the cities respond to critical local problems. You understand the same technique in Russia is being used here, adapted slightly different from, say, England uh, to the U.S. They don't use communitarianism so much in the U.S. because some people... And a few in the U.S. don't remember what the word communism meant, you see. So they used service. And I told you years ago, too, under the Council on Foreign Relations agenda, they were going to bring the whole world into service to the world state. And this is part of the road to service to the world state. That would be your function in the world eventually, if they allow you to be born, is to be born to serve the world state. And now they're training a generation 
into communitarianism under different guises, under volunteerism, you see, as you withdraw your essential services, etc., and you deal with things locally, supposedly, and they bring you down to a bare subsistence level. Again, going back to the Soviet Union, they had to adapt their, their techniques in communism to different countries, even then. And they, they slaughtered millions and millions. In the first year alone, there was over one and a half million people slaughtered, and they rapidly stepped that up. And then they killed about 160 million altogether with different famines and, and slaughters. And um, because depopulation has always been part of this same agenda by the same people, and the same people are running the world today, and you should be absolutely terrified. Back with more after this. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. I also put up the link tonight. It says Rockefeller Foundation funding communitarian volunteerism for U.S. I'll put the link up to the Rockefeller site itself. And you can see them dishing out millions towards this as well. And they also, mind you, don't forget, the Rockefeller Foundation has many front foundations which take the heat off the Rockefeller Foundations, who also chip in lots of money, and it all comes from the Rockefeller Foundation, of course. So, uh, there's so many so misleading these people, and remember too, as I say, these are the same families that ran and helped finance the Soviet Union, and then the Nazi state as well, under the IG Farben group. They're in charge of you now. And getting back to what I was also saying, there are different ways of bringing down countries, some by fast mass slaughters and starvation. It was the fastest way to do it, kill off millions. And the other way was to, in the Western world, take over your food supply. Alter your food supply. Bring in certain diseases that were not known before. Especially crippling agencies that would put you out of the mating business. No one wants to mate with someone who's always sickly. You see? Many ways to do the same thing by the same people, of course, who've always had at the top of their list to drastically depopulate the world from the useless eaters, as they call them. And some people, like uh, Brzezinski, actually called them the cattle in his own book. Interesting terminology they have and how they perceive and how they've been taught to perceive since birth these particular characters, the rest of the general population. But, as I say, they're giving leadership grants to bring in communitarianism and volunteerism under different guises, different names, all the same thing. And you will get appointed your local commissar, of course, and you'll have your little NGO group running over you, and they'll try and get you to participate in the decision-making, not that they'll listen to you, but it's good to make you think that you are participating. That's how they run these things, exactly the same as the Soviet Union. And remember, the Soviet system was blended with the West years ago, in fact, exactly as the Rees Commission came out with its findings. That was the 83rd uh, Congress that authorized that investigation into the tax-free foundations. And that was listed in the other book, uh, Foundations, Their Power and Influence, an excellent read on 
what they were up to. And they told them, the people quite clearly what they were up to. And that was to blend the Soviet system with that of the West. You know, through cultural changes and so on, quietly, easily, until folk would adapt without even knowing into socialism. And it's happened, it happened long ago. And they did attack the family unit, all the things that Karl Marx said they'd have to do to eradicate it, and religion, of course, as well. Because religion was the old way of basically keeping a society intact under one system or another that they've all been used. But this is a more scientifically efficient way, they call it, to do the same thing. Now, I'll read this article for you too, and I'll also put the link up for it at the end of the show. But it's called Atheist Psychology in a Scientifically Rational World. Professor Richard Dawkins is a huge star in Britain. He has sold millions of books and presented various television series promoting atheism and extolling the virtues of science. And of course he's paid and pushed by the big boys, that's why he's made a star, you see. Everybody who is up there is always paid and pushed to get up there. You don't make yourself a star. And he's also a, 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 a head member, I think, of the Humanist Society. This is his recent global bestseller was The God Delusion. And of course, they're putting posters that this organization's funding posters to be put on buses saying God is dead and all that kind of stuff, all the Nietzsche cliches. It says, being a Darwinist, he promotes a purely materialistic view of the world as the best way forward for mankind. I wonder what he means by man. When they use mankind, they're not referring to themselves, by the way, or, you know. And sometimes they are referring to themselves, but themselves only. So I remember reading Dawkins' The Selfish Gene when I was an impressionable teenager. The message of the book is that all animals, including us, are gene machines, meaning we are designed with the sole intention of passing on our genetic material. That is like a virus. That was also in the Matrix, by the way, as the virus itself in the Matrix told Morpheus what he thought of humanity. All moral and spiritual capacities are the design of our genes' blind desire for success. This is what this character says. Eh? And they actually teach this now in all biological classes that you are just a simple, everything that comes in your head, your outcome, whatever you do, your personality, is all the culmination of all these genes competing inside you for supremacy. This is what they tell them. This is a belief system, folks. Humanism is a belief system. Anyway, it says, this message has a, had a profound effect on me. I felt like a self-aware android perceiving my cold mechanical nature. In this worldview, all the human qualities that we find life affirming, such as kindness, laughter, creativity, etc., are the extravagant disguise of the virus deep in the core of ourselves. Dawkins also referred to memes. I, like, I prefer memes. That's how it's spelled. Because the Mimi generation is really every generation, and that's why they don't listen. Anyway, it's just the hypothesis that ideas act like genes. They are separate and distinct entities that act in their own selfish interest to reproduce. Dawkins stated that religious beliefs are viruses of the mind. They debilitate and infect the infected host by making them delusional and wasting their time and money. They spread using threats and tricks, he says. I'll be back with more of this after these messages.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article here, which I'll put up at the end of the show, put the link up for it, on Dawkins and his secular humanism idea. And, of course, the whole idea is to once again destroy any thoughts of independence, individuality from you. That's the whole idea of Dawkins' mission, which is well, well paid for by the big foundations and all the usual players, of course. Same names crop up all the time across the world, don't they? Anyway... And done through history, I should say, too. It says here, Religions and belief systems have been used to control societies. The idea that atheistic scientific rationalism will create a utopia on Earth is, is itself a belief system. And we saw that, as I say, with the Soviet Union as they slaughtered their way through, I think it was 300-odd million people eventually by their grand total when the walls came down. What are the political and psychological connotations of the scientific utopia idea? Well, this is, this is what they're after. Atheism removes the spirit, knocking man down to the level of basic animals. That's exactly what uh, Julian Huxley said had to be done. Leaving individuals to know they are and will remain nothing more than an underdog with no inner meaning to his life. Conquering modern man by ripping out his spirit simply by altering his perceptions. And I remember, he's going to quote Carl Jung here, and I remember reading that in the late 90s on the air, this very part, because he put it right in perspective. In the book The Undiscovered Self, he said, one of the chief factors responsible for psychological mass-mindedness is scientific rationalism, which robs the individual of his foundations and his dignity. Isn't that the truth, eh? Just think of all the airports and and what you're being, how you're being humiliated, humiliated and dehumanized today as you go through all the process of groping and so on. It's scientific, you see, it's to save you, keep you all safe. Young gave the example in education to show how this process works. Scientific education is based in the main on statistical truths and abstract knowledge and therefore imparts an unrealistic rational picture of the world in which the individual as a merely marginal phenomenon plays no role. That's exactly what came out of communism. You're a cog in the wheel, in the machine. So, scientific education is based in the main on statistical truths and abstract knowledge and therefore imparts no, uh, imparts an unrealistic rational picture of the world in which the individual as a merely marginal phenomenon plays no role. You're, you're nothing. You're just one of billions and, and you're, you, you really your life is worth nothing. That's the message it's meant to get through to you. So the idea is to create an easily controlled conformist mass and to crush the, spirit, the spiritual individual who may question power. Remove spirituality and the state along with the malleable public opinion becomes the supreme moral authority. Now, Wells and all that said that they'd all have to do. All these characters in the past have said the same things. Young writes that in an atheistic society, the state uses the same psychological techniques as a church to replace it, in order to replace the church. The state, like the church, demands enthusiasm, self-sacrifice, and love. And if religion requires or presupposes the fear of God, 
then a dictator's state takes good care to provide the necessary terror. For the harder thinking, I'll repeat that one. The state, like the church, demands enthusiasm, self-sacrifice, and love. And if religion requires or presupposes the fear of God, then the dictator's state takes good care to provide the necessary terror. A lot worse terror, too, I should add to it. The state teaches us our values, which are political correctness, your updates, and our, our purpose in life, which is to be a good citizen taxpayer. The church leads societies to consensus through scripture. The state leads by the atheistic worship of rationality. It must be true, you see, it's scientific statistics, you see. The belief is that a perfectly rational mind will logically reach the best answer to a problem. However, numerous factors can make a logical conclusion incorrect. Globalization, the UN's educational department, UNESCO, that's where your children are getting brainwashed from, are helping create a scientific rational world populace. Organized religion has been a wonderfully effective form of control for the elite for thousands of years. Certainly Christians will agree to this when it comes to Hindus, and Hindus when it comes to Christians. But now established religions are on the chopping board, as they are a hindrance for a global society, which is a standardized society. This is all stuff I've said, obviously. The unquestionable belief in all scientific rationale, true and false alike, is filling the ever-weakening religion gap with the belief of progress to a science utopia becoming Dominant. So it says here, at the same time, uh, lights, new age religions are promoted as a global, as global in character. They tend to use the phrases, we are all one. Nature, animals, and humanity have an interconnected consciousness. It's all one global consciousness. It's like Buddhism, you know. UN Award winner Lord Bertrand Russell, who is from the dominant minority class, wrote in his book, The Impact of Science on Society, that science is used to strengthen elite control. And that was 1952. The effect of the telegraph, this is what he said, the effect of the telegraph was to increase the power of the central government and diminish the initiative of distant subordinates. This applies not only to the state, but to every geographically extensive organization, we shall find a great deal of scientific technique has a, great, has a similar effect. The result is that fewer men have executive power, but those few had more power than such men had formerly. We are ruled by science, so we are required to faithfully believe in it. Flawed scientific studies and theories go down the memory hole to join the Royal College of Surgeons' Piltdown Man. And the Piltdown Man, if you know, was taught as facts, you know, the, this uh, was one of the, the, the Neanderthals that they'd found supposedly, and it was shown in museums and taught in school, you could pa- folk pass their degrees on, writing their thesis on it, and then it was found that someone stuck the jaw of a pig on that of a human skull, and no one had bothered to test it. Anyway, Richard Dawkins, this, this guy who's pushing all this, uh, who's well funded to push it, of course he's playing his part, he's an actor on the stage, he co- he's, he's now called Darwin's Rottweiler, and he's a preacher of our new religious belief. And there's a bunch of links on the site, too, to go to different university sites and so on, to give you um, more on all of these, these things that are mentioned in this particular article. So I'll put this up at the end of the night, and you can read it for yourselves. Now, there's callers on the line. There's Tom from Albion there. Are you there, Tom? Uh, yes, uh, uh, Al. Yes. Um, 
Today I had a flashback. I was watching uh, the film from London, and, uh, of course, it reminded me of the Peterloo Massacre when the, uh, when the Limeys brought in the cavalry, you know, after they, uh, they worked them over with the uh, six-pound uh, cannons, and then they killed hundreds of people and, and gave their heads to, their, to the Manchester United as soccer balls. Yep. Also, reminded me of Tony Pandy when Churchill in 1910 called in the uh, troops to, uh, after they uh, blew up the mine. Mm-hmm. You know, there were miners there, and they, and yep. they had uh, they, they were working like these 12-hour days, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they wanted better working condition. They, yep. they blew up the entrance of the mine. The people rioted. It yep. reminded me of the Highland Clearances. I, are you Scottish? Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I know the whole agenda. The, the rifle butt in the mouth, bayonet in the gut, and get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, the boiler plug riots in Duke Wellington. Uh, I, I'll i let you handle that. Mm-hmm. But as I say, the, the key is to this. I mean, even the players you're mentioning there had more in common with each other than they had over the people that they ruled. Um, Winston Churchill's mum was from New York, for instance, with quite a, a, a colorful history. And uh, and related to more people than you ever imagine who are still main players today. And um, in fact, his mother became the mistress as well of the king for years. So it's an interesting movement of certain people breeding in to other nations and then taking them over and then becoming the epitome of that nation by draping themselves in the flag. It's quite an interesting history in every single country this has been done in. And really, the technique is no different, really, because because whenever I see armies, uh, people should shudder. They should shudder when they see armies of any kind, even what you think is your own, because armies are always used eventually upon their own people. And believe you me, uh, the military mindset does not impress me at all, uh, any more than the guys who obey orders and slaughter people they don't know. Uh, they don't know about geopolitics. They don't care to know about geopolitics. They don't know why they're there. The basic propaganda is enough for them. They want to go off and kill. And they don't hire the brightest and the best for military at all. The brightest and the best are really psychopathic types who are carefully selected to get up into the higher officer class. That's always been the way. And even the U.S. founding father said the same thing, that it was a massive debate about having a standing army. And I think it was Jefferson and a few other ones got round that by creating the Marines. Technically, they're an army, but technically they're not an army. They're, they're supposedly uh, naval, you see. So uh, it's a clever alteration that these guys are awful good at in wording and perception to get an army on the go. But uh, that's the problem with t- today. Uh, power itself um, is always used on behalf of the people. Even today we see it, we're living through it. Uh, we've got all our rights stripped off us. They're taking more all the time. They're going to ensure that we're monitored 24 hours per day, every single individual on the planet. And this is all to supposedly to keep us safe. And it's also to see if you're politically correct and if you're going to continue with your upgrades and agreeing that things that used to disgust you are now okay with you. If not, you'll get pulled in for reconditioning. This is what's coming down today. And um, really... When, the organize, when you see the organization of the biggest capitalists on the planet, 
the ones, the, the 60 families that, that threw, threw around billions of dollars every day on the stock market, they raise companies up and sink others when they, when they want to. When you see them and their predecessors in the same family lineages setting up Nazism, setting up communism, funding it to the hilt, and still running what's to be happening in your own countries, you should be shuddering. Don't fall for the left-right paradigm because these characters control both sides. They are the body of the bird. What you see and vote for are the wings. And, and that Cameron, the prime minister, he's Jewish, and he's under the control of the Rothschilds. Well, there's no doubt he's under control of the Rothschilds. I haven't got any... I know they're, they're stinking rich and attached to one of the biggest banking families in Britain. And... Um, and of course that's why he's there. Uh, these guys know why they're put in. These guys are picked years in advance of becoming prime ministers, and they're, they're even told when it's their turn to be prime minister, probably about 10 years ago or more. And it's the same in America, and it's the same in Canada too. And Carl Quigley said the same darn thing. He says there hasn't been a prime minister or a president of the United States has got into their country that was not a member of this particular secretive group. And which eventually became called, was called the CFR. It says since, since, uh, the late 1800s. Every one and all sides must be a member of the CFR or they don't even get to run. What about the Bullying Don Club? That's another one that, that Cameron is in it. Oh yeah, but, but his old job too is to play his role. And, you know, it's, it's not conservative. Forget conservative and labor and all that nonsense. Because I've, that's why I left Britain. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that people were swallowing all this stuff. Uh, there's a huge agenda. Cameron's put in to supposedly decentralize government, which is bringing it down into communitarianism level in the local area, where the average person is going to be left to, to, to wangle and, and, and plead for cash to have a hospital bed for maybe 500 people in this little area. They'll be running off to the World Bank, these NGO leaders. That's how the Soviet Union was actually run too. Technically, it was supposed to be run that way by their NGOs. They, they call them the little Soviets, ruled by councils. And that's the system they're bringing in here, more improved to fool the people under the guise that we're all broke. Meanwhile, they're giving out billions abroad to buy... Britain's paying China to build hospitals for Chinese because they're still classed as a third world country. So is America. America's putting, as they bring in the new pretense of healthcare for everyone in the U.S., and it's a pretense only, you're going to be one hell of a shock when you realize what it is. You're also paying for the building of hospitals across China. And India now, and that's an up and coming country. And when you see who put the money into Brazil, Rothschild was in there, just like he was into India, that these new emerging nations, as they say, that have to skyrocket to the top. The Rothschilds, get the, I, I gave the links up when it happened. And when they, were, they bought all the farmland from all the, the, the farmers they put under in India, same thing in Brazil. They brought up thousands and thousands of acres. And when they pumped the money in, that's why these countries rise to the top. That's why they rise up, not because they did it by their bootstraps. Neither did China, as you well know. So it's, it's an amazing world we're living through. A few people run this planet here. They have an agenda. They know exactly where they're going. They've got thousands of think tanks working on it. They've got think tanks working on the 22nd century right now. 
and all the objections they will receive from what they want to introduce into society then, and how to overcome those objections before we even hit it. That's what they did with the 20th century and the 21st century as well. Now we'll also go to Tom from Wisconsin. Are you there, Tom? Yes. I'm here, Alan. Can you hear me? Yep, just here, yeah. Yep. Well, that's excellent. Um, I thank you for the work that you do. And what I've noticed is in my trying to track all the, the movements on this uh, giant geopolitical checkerboard, which is black and white, of course, um, I noticed that NPR, when I, when I listen to that in the mornings on the way into work, and they have BBC on there, they're really lining up in about a six-month window from the time that there's some kind of crisis to the propaganda to get us to go in the direction that they want us to go. Mm-hmm. And I notice it sp- specifically on NPR. They keep running, as an example, a uh, sort of news story presentation of how in uh, one of the Norwegian countries they're actually charging the citizens to cross bridges. Mm-hmm. As a uh, you know, like a travel tax, or a um, they don't call it a carbon emission tax. Yeah. They call it a congestion tax. Yeah. And and it just seems to line up so well the propaganda with what's going on in Mexico right now, and um, all the things that that I have heard so far up to this point. And I just wanted to get your comment on NPR and the state-run media and how that how that how you see that working right now. Well, the, the, the state-run media. There's no doubt about it. All you're going to get is propaganda. There's no doubt whatsoever. And, and they will train your mind in preparation because they know how you think and work through things. Uh, you work through things by the way they feed the information to you. And I'll go into that when I come back from this break. So we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and we're talking to Tom from Wisconsin. He's still there, Tom. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, like I was mentioning NPR and, and I just wanted to get your analysis of what the state-run media's function is. I mean, and we kind of get a basic understanding of it, but I mean, go into some detail if you could about how how NPR actually itself is is tied into this new world order uh, control system? It's all your thoughts. You must be given your reality from the state, and the state itself has funnels. Uh, they funnel millions of dollars every year into um, culture creation. They call it the Department of Culture. Every country has got a Department of Culture, and you think, well, we are the culture. Why would you need a Department of Culture? Well, its whole point and purpose is to change culture in a guided direction and so they give out your reality to you via what they call news and they actually program you step by step all to your way of thinking towards something which should be you should be wary of and then get you to accept it and it's all done in a subconscious way it's a, it's a psychological techniques they have experts working preparing this stuff and it's marketed actually into your mind through marketing techniques in fact uh, all using psychology and um, 
one book to read on the culture creators as, a, as a, the CIA's Cold War, uh, the cultural Cold War, it's called, the CIA's involvement in uh, the culture creation business. And they haven't stopped today. It's still on go, ongoing, not just in the U.S. The, the CIA have offices all across Europe where they also are involved in giving you culture. These are the guys who helped once again promote humanism by bringing out uh, the, the, the art that was surrealistic. It wasn't even surrealistic. It was, it was nihilistic. And um, they promoted uh, this kind of stuff as the end thing because they knew they had to de- make us depressed in a sense uh, from, and take us from the values of life that we used to have and bring it into this new um, kind of machine-type uh, system of distortion where nothing makes sense, we're nothing at all, we are just amoebas, and bring down us by taking all beauty out of art. And they've been awfully good at doing it. They also, the state also uh, funds uh, all groups for radical change, I was astonished in Canada when I went into a club. I was asked to sing at the club, in fact, when someone recognized me, and I sang a song, and they said, can you sing something more radical? And I said, well, why? They said, well, we get funded by the government for radical change. We want stuff to, for radical change. So I looked it up, and sure enough, the, gov- the Canadian government, the U.S. government, every government in Europe has a Department of Culture, and they give grants out to all authors, novelists, even children's authors, uh, to promote ideas of rational, ch- of, of um, radical, it's got to be radical change. That's turning up society upside down. And when you follow it all, it's exactly the same as Karl Marx wanted with the, the, the destruction of the male from the family unit, get him out of it, uh, bring in the women, because they said it was easier to, to control society through the female, and, um, and, uh, and eventually alter and distort all their ways of thinking. That's what the, every government's on board with this. You've never had, you've never ever had anybody out there, any country listening, you've never had your own government serving you. Never been. It's definitely not since World War II, for sure. Hasn't happened. Yeah. Well, it seems that uh, this information is really like a soft kill operation, much like the chemtrails and the GMOs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's perfected propaganda. Uh, under the guise of news and exposés. Yeah. You see, you can alter the mind by just withholding half of the rest of the truth about any one topic, topic, and you'll come to the desired conclusions. But from Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, that's the music coming in, so it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.